The Library by Francis Rosenfeld Seventh Story Would you say she passed? Number four asked number five. They both evaluated Gwen with critical looks, like project managers running through a punch list at the end of a project. I don't know. What other tests do you think we could run? Number five replied. Call number one. He might have some logical routines to run her through we didn't think about. Gwen smiled, insecure. She was feeling very self-conscious in the face of this evaluation process, which made her feel like a product. What's up with you guys? She said, eventually. Pass. Pass what? Is this some sort of test or something? That looked very natural, didn't it? Number four turned to number five. I sure couldn't tell. How about you? Number one? I don't know. Number one came closer and stared uncomfortably as if he expected some standard reaction. What test? Gwen raised her voice, and they all stopped and looked at her. The Turing test, dear, number four replied, kindly. Hilarious, Gwen brooded. I definitely couldn't tell, number one smiled, relieved. Congratulations, team, we got lift off. Would someone care to explain this to me? Not that I'm a person or anything. You're not exactly a person, Gwen. Of course not. A person would get an explanation when people laughed at her. Gwen's frown deepened. Sit down, my dear. This is going to be hard for you to hear. Do you remember that time when you were nine and fell off a swing? You lost consciousness. Yes. So what? They gave me an MRI scan and a clean bill of health. They most certainly did. Number four agreed. After? Gwen looked at him without blinking and number four pointed at her eyes and told number one we have to fix that. After what? The girl ignored him. Did you ever actually see the MRI scan? No. The doctor just told me it was normal. Normal for you? Yes. Would you do me a favor and feel your scalp behind your left ear? I had surgery. It's a little more involved than that. What's 578,932 times 56,983? 32,989,282,156. Gwen answered without thinking. Never ask yourself how you can do that. No. I just thought I was good with numbers. Some people are like that. Do you have a photographic memory? Yes. That has an unusually large storage capacity. I have an excellent memory. Yes. How many of the Greek and German quotes we sprinkled in our conversation since you arrived here do you still recall? All of them, I think. With what level of accuracy? I remember exactly what you said. Do you speak any of those languages? No. Gwen felt a pit grow in her stomach and that didn't strike you as strange at any point. Why don't you tell me what the situation is? I'm going to have a panic attack any moment now. I told you her limbic system was going to overcompensate, but did you listen to me? No. Number six intervened. He grabbed Gwen by the arm, in a persuasive gesture meant to encourage her to sit back down, and he didn't relent until the latter drank half a glass of water. There is really nothing to worry about. You've been artificially enhanced. Gwen looked at him without blinking again. You're a cyborg, 
my dear, number four smiled. A cyborg doesn't need a Turing test. Gwen's panic amplified. Only computers do. They supplemented all your higher functions. We were concerned that might have side effects or that your neural bridge would not work properly. Did you have any unusual experiences? Halos, unnatural colors, ringing in your ears, strange smells, stuff like that. Who doesn't have ringing in their ears? I thought it was your wax, told you. Number one looked knowingly at number four and scribbled something on a pad Gwen had never seen before. Where in the world did they keep their stuff? There was no place to hide anything in this barren setting, which brought her to her next thought. Why am I here with you? We programmed you to come. We needed to observe you in a controlled environment. You're joking, right? Not in the least. We installed two extra motherboards for your server cluster and you're outfitted with the fastest graphics card available. You're a masterpiece. I'm a human being. Gwen protested. Don't be pedestrian. Number seven rolled his eyes. You're way better than human. You should be grateful. Did I at least pass your Turing test? Gwen sniffled. Jury's still out on that. Number one examined her in critical fashion. They're crazy, Gwen thought, and dangerous, and there are seven of them. What if they decide to, you know? Open me up to add extra hardware. I have to get out of here before they get any ideas. And that's not possible. Face it, Gwen. You're as good as dead. What if they figure you no longer need to eat? For instance, it stands to reason they would. The group spent more than an hour poring over her specs, fighting over speeds and ports and a million other technical terms she couldn't understand, ignoring her back in her corner. She almost expected them to cover her up with a sheet, to keep the dust off. Why am I even listening to this insanity? Who in their right mind would believe such a story? They're brainwashing me. This must be a cult or something, for sure. Gwen, focus. You do not contain computer components. You are a normal human being who took a few wrong turns in her life. Whatever happens, you are human. You are human. Do you hear me? That's odd. She thought, this doesn't feel like I'm talking to myself. It's not the stuff I habitually think. This is not me, is it? Excellent. Number one exclaimed, excited. The radio link works. Get out of my head. Gwen yelled, outraged. Definitely human. Number one replied, what do you think? He turned to number four. I think you're right. Time for dinner. I'm not gathering the bloody eggs if that's what you mean. Gwen went on strike. Gwen, do you understand how your system works? Both components, biological and electronic, are running on the voltage in your neural synapses. No sodium and potassium, no action potential, no action potential, no processing. That means coma. Got it? Who approved of this nightmare? Obviously, I was unconscious when it happened. Gwen mumbled, still in shock. Your parents. Why? To fix the damage. You're happy to walk and talk. Yes, such a waste. Number five criticized her. You could have done science proud. Someone with your processing capacity wasting away in literary pursuits. What's wrong with literary pursuits? Other than you're not capable of them. Number seven said. Dower. They stand at the very foundation of human culture. 
you technical hack. Gentlemen, please. Number four, reestablish the peace. No need for name calling. This occasion calls for a celebration. Congratulations, my dear. He turned to Gwen. You passed. Ye, she thought, morose. I get to pass for human. That's exciting. I am human. Damn it. She started whimpering. Did they all see her like that? All the people in her life, her parents, teachers, all the loved ones who knew and never told her. Did they all see her as some sort of Gwen replacement machine which was just a little better than no Gwen at all? She wondered if she'd ever be able to see herself the same way again, if all her aspirations and fears, likes, dislikes and insecurities had just been programmed into her mind in packets of heuristic algorithms designed with enough randomness to make her act human. She contemplated the notion, which had been floated earlier, that she was a server, which did not exclude the possibility of countless programs and processes running in the background, without her consent, thousands of little subroutines designed for goodness knows whose purpose, all generating outcomes in some kind of black box inside her brain while she floated through her life oblivious, less aware than a circus cat. Oh, cause you think the mushy nugget between your ears used to do something fundamentally different before they improved on it, don't you? Number seven confronted her. When did they stop teaching biology in school? This is unacceptable. Most of your brain is engaged in activities below the level of your awareness, Tweedledee. Not that there was much of it to begin with. Gwen was so angry about being subjected to a test to prove she was still human, or at least human-like, she never stopped to ask herself the deeper question. If she wanted to disprove the veracity of the numbers assertion, how would she go about doing that? What moving parts of her being, be they body or consciousness, would respond in a way impossible to replicate artificially, thus determining she was indubitably human, a.k.a made only of flesh and blood. Definitely not her motor system, since brain-activated artificial limbs were already commonplace, or her emotions, which could be so easily altered by a simple change in brain chemistry. Whatever she loved, or disliked, or interested her could be easily programmed. So, even if she was fully human, despite the odd expanded faculties she never thought to question, what was the difference between her and a machine, other than the material she was made of? How did it even work? That computer cluster in her head, so seamlessly integrated with what used to be her brain she had no awareness of its existence. We are all machines, Gwen, number five tried to comfort her. Yours is just a little different from ours, that's all. Nobody questioned your humanity. Besides, she pondered. With all this hardware in my head, shouldn't I be a lot smarter? That's what I said. Number seven didn't miss the opportunity. Most of the processing capacity is completely unused in the original packaging. What a waste. Leave her alone. Number seven. Number one defended her. She wasn't network enabled. Who's the idiot who worked on these schematics? It's going to be different now. He encouraged Gwen with a reassuring smile. You can't boost her networking capacity at this RAM speed. We need to upgrade. Number three protested. Enough. Gwen screamed at her wit's end, and the gathering went silent for a few minutes. 
after which the technical assessment resumed. At least the main processor is running cool, and she has at least three days of battery life, otherwise she wouldn't have made it here. And we'd have had a bear of a time finding her without the GPS, as I said. Who worked on those schematics? I'm not a computer. Gwen raised her voice over the argument. Of course not, number seven replied. You're a computer case. You look healthy enough, he decreed, but you should eat something. And thus Gwen lost her right to her humanity, and it made her wonder what that meant for her basic rights, for her desire for happiness and self-determination, for the status of her future offspring. At large and small scale, society determines what we are, and all our struggles are helpless and wasted in the face of group decisions. Whether she was human or machine was less important to Gwen now than the fact she had no say in the matter, and the decision about what to do with this revelation wasn't hers to make either. No sane individual ever stops to ponder what would happen to them if their status as a sentient living entity was revoked. Did she still have the right to own property, wed, think independently, exercise free will? You're overthinking this. Number four waved his hand, exasperated. You're no different from who you were yesterday. The only difference is now you know more about your makeup. Just pretend you never learned all this and go about your life. But one can't unlearn things about oneself or rewind their new frame of reference to its original setup. It is a one-way street, self-discovery, and a slow one. People need time to refashion themselves so they can fit inside their new reality. And, as far as Gwen was concerned, it wasn't every day one found out one was a computer case. Since she had nothing better to do, and couldn't bear the tribunal of technical specifications ruling contradictory decisions over her head one minute longer, she went outside to gather the eggs. A couple of chickens approached her tentatively in the hope she might have brought breadcrumbs or bits of greenery, and turned their backs, disappointed, when they realized she had come empty-handed. Gwen envied their status of living things, even with a diminished level of intelligence, and their freedom to cluck and scratch in peace, following their instincts, with no need for technical reviews. She stretched out her hand to pet one of them and the chicken, frazzled, pecked at it hard, making her wince. To her surprise, her first reaction was not to focus on the pain, as instinct dictated, but to question why, during the never-ending upgrades to her brain, nobody thought to dull her pain receptors to the point where pain became a harmless warning signal. So much for her being the valiant conscientious objector who rose in outrage to defend the characteristics of her humanity.